and welcome again to another episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Sig Daddy, and today it's the ECW One Night Stand 2005 pay-per-view review. I hope you all are having a wonderful week. I hope you all are staying safe, staying healthy, and I hope you all are watching some good wrestling. There's been some pretty good wrestling going on this week, Raw, AEW, Dynamite, just to name a few. Maybe you watched a little bit of Impact. I don't get Access Access TV, but I don't know. TNA's coming up. Not TNA, but Impact Wrestling. Seems like they're on the up and up. Maybe some big new signings coming up here soon for them. One of them may have kids. Hmm. Uh, but before I get to the ECW One Night Stand pay-per-view review, uh, coming up. Plenty of content coming up here soon. I got the Backlash pay-per-view review coming up Monday morning. I'll have that up for you then. Not terribly excited for that. couple of matches on the card is a handicap match for the Universal Championship. Braun Strowman defending against Miz and Morrison. We got the greatest match ever, the potential greatest match ever between Randy Orton and Edge. We've got Drew McIntyre taking on Bobby Lashley. That's just a couple that uh, um, that come to mind when I uh, think about this backlash pay-per-view coming up. Also, Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus just popped into my head now. Uh, Not terribly excited for it right now. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Maybe it's one of those sleepers that deliver. I just don't have a very good feeling about it. Takeover last week. That was good. If you want to hear my thoughts about that, go back in the archives and listen to my NXT TakeOver in your house review. Also coming up here in the coming weeks, next week, it will be my retro review for Slammiversary, TNA Slammiversary 2010. Just actually the 10th anniversary of the show is uh, coming up this Saturday. So I'm going to review that next Friday, and I'll have that up for you then. And then the Friday after that, we're going to take uh, a trip back in the time machine. We're going to take it back 15 years, and we're going to watch and review. I'm going to watch and review Vengeance 2005, famously known for the uh, grand finale of the Triple H-Batista feud, where they duke it out inside Hell in a Cell. I'm looking forward to giving all that content to you here soon, but let's get down to business. ECW, One Night Stand, Hammerstein Ballroom, New York City, June 12th, 2005, 2,500 in attendance, and this thing, this daddy did 325,000 pay-per-view buys, seven matches on the card, and this was to capitalize off the success of the popular documentary, The Rise and Fall of ECW. It was so successful, WWE decided, oh, let's bring it back for one night for a reunion show. And uh, to start off the show, Joey Styles gets emotional as he's trying to welcome everybody into the show, introduces Mick as his broadcast partner for the night, the hardcore legend, Mick Foley. We start out with Lance Storm, the first match of the night, Lance Storm, with Don Marie as his manager, he takes on Lionheart, Chris Jericho, and the ring announcer does announce Chris Jericho as Lionheart, which I thought that was pr- 
pretty cool. And these two have a nice little seven-minute match. Late in the match, just incredible. Part of the Impact players gets involved. Actually, Jericho gets the walls of Jericho, not the walls of Jericho, but they call it, well, I'll call it the Lion Tamer in. He gets the Lion Tamer in on uh, Lance Storm, and Storm's tapping, but Don Marie is shoving the official's face into her into her boobs, and that call forces the distraction. Just incredible gets involved, and actually, just incredible and Jason Knight get involved, and they try to attack Jericho, but Jericho takes both of them out, and Jericho then goes for the O'Connor roll. Storm kicks out at two, and Jericho runs straight into a kendo stick shot from Just Incredible, and Storm pins him, and that's it. At seven minutes and 22 seconds, Lance Storm gets the win over Chris Jericho. I thought this was a fun little sprint to start the show. I like the reunion for the Impact players. I wish they had a little bit longer. These two came up together. These two were a tag team, Chris Jericho and Lance Storm. They started professional wrestling at the same time. Thought that was a cool way to start the show, but I expected a little more out of it, but I thought this was a solid opener to start the show, and I liked how they played the hits here. I'm going to give it a B-, B- grade for Jericho versus Lance Storm to kick off the show, and then after that, they tease the invasion of Raw and SmackDown. Raw and SmackDown are showing up here later on in the night. Then we get Pitbull Gary Wolf reflecting on the ECW brothers' that have passed, and then they play a nice little ECW Remembers tribute, remembering all that have uh, passed away uh, before the show. Then we get the three-way dance. Super Crazy versus Little Guido versus Tajiri. Little Guido is uh, brought to ringside by Big Guido, JT Smith, Tony Mamaluke, and Tracy Smothers. Tajiri, he's accompanied by Mikey Whipwreck and the Sinister Minister, uh, more known, probably better known as Dr. James Mitchell, the manager for Abyss back in TNA, Impact Wrestling. Um, this was a nice little sprint. This match was a nice little sprint. Uh, a lot of stuff happening. A lot of stuff happening throughout the match. The FBI get involved. Of course, Whipwreck gets involved. Whipwreck ends up hitting a stunner on uh, Guido. And Tajiri pins him. And uh, Guido is the first one eliminated in this match. Actually, during this match, super crazy. Hits a moonsault off the, off the balcony onto the FBI, which was pretty incredible. And I don't know. Super crazy. He lives up to his name. He is super crazy. A first rope moonsault by Crazy late in the match. Then he goes for a second. Then Whipwreck pushes him off off on the third attempt. And then Crazy ducks a buzzsaw kick from Tajiri. But then he messes up on the boot to set up his move. A uh, couple punches by Super Crazy. Crazy hits a power bomb and then nails the top rope moon well, the third rope moonsault. And it is all over to Super Crazy. He wins at the 6-12 mark. Like I said, this is a lot of stuff happening in this match. A lot of chaos. Lots of moves. Couldn't really digest a whole lot in this match, but still, I thought this was I thought this was pretty good, pretty solid for a little uh, cruiserweight match. I just thought the finish was a little bit off. I'm going to give this a C-plus grade. 
still, not bad. Not bad. Nothing on this show was bad at all. Nothing was was bad. Everything was pretty much good to one match being straight up awesome and no pun intended with that. After that, we get some old ECW highlights and the next match is Rey Mysterio versus Psychosis. These guys, these guys have faced each other a lot. Joey Styles says on commentary, these guys have faced each other over 500 times, but only three of those in ECW and Ray leads the series two to one. Fans don't like, fans weren't all into the, all that into this. Fans didn't like that Psychosis took his mask off and Joey Styles addresses that as the first time Psychosis has been maskless in North America and the fans aren't a big fan of it. They're not a big fan of Ray doing his WWE stuff. They wish he kind of did his ECW stuff during this match. I thought this was fine. I thought this was pretty fine. Um, Psychosis during this match actually hits a leg drop. Ray gets put on, sternum first on the guardrail and Psychosis hits a guillotine leg drop. That was a pretty cool spot there. Um, Like I said, it was just the fans weren't all that into this. This match was not bad at all. This match was enjoyable. It's just the fans didn't like Ray using all his WWE stuff. They especially didn't like him using the 619 at the end of it. Uh, He hits that, and then fans boo it, of course, and then he hits the springboard Hurricane Rana, pin psychosis, and it's over in just 6 minutes and 22 seconds. I thought the big moves at the end of this match were pretty good, and I, I assumed they were just upset they didn't get to see Ray do his old stuff from ECW. Still thought it was decent. B-minus grade for that match. After that, we get Angle and other SmackDown wrestlers, JBL and Carlito showing up to find their seats. And... FU SmackDown chants ring throughout Hammerstein Ballroom. These ECW fans, they have no filter as you should already know. They don't have a filter for anything, and this is an ECW show through and through. After that, we get more ECW, old ECW highlights. We get Stone Cold Steve Austin impersonating Bischoff, which is fantastic. Bischoff did fire Stone Cold Steve Austin back in the day from WCW, and then he worked for ECW for a short time before signing with the WWF, now WWE. And then we get part of that uh, video package saying, Jerry, well, Jerry Lawler trashing ECW, Benoit dropping Sabu on his head. That looked awful. Moments later, we get Joel Gertner with the SmackDown wrestlers, and Angle grabs the mic from him, pushes Joel, and then JBL pushes him down and kicks him. JBL is prime heel JBL here. Uh, Angle calls them... Practically bottom feeding, uh, bo- bottom feeding scum, and tells them they suck, and the fans say you suck. Yeah, you know what? And and then Angle retorts by saying your mother taught me how, which is hilarious. And then he also said the last time he went to an ECW event, he left because it sucked. No, he didn't leave it because it sucked. Because they were doing a crucifixion on the show. It was a Sandman on a cross. And then that was Raven, I think, caning him. That was back in, I think, 1996, like right after Angle won the gold medal at the Olympics. 
But yeah, that's the reason why, Kirk. Not that reason, but because there was a crucifixion on an ECW show. <laughs> uh, he calls the fans morons, and then he tell the fans tell him to shut the bleep up. And by the end of the night, they're going to kick every wrestler's ECW wrestler's ass, of course. And there's nothing you can do about it. And then JBL, just being the jerk that he is, he's talking about MSG and how he sells it out, and they can barely fill up a bingo hall, and he pretty much just telling them how low they are. It's like me being here reminds you how low you are, and JBL just bashes all ECW and their fans, and JBL says he's above mutilating his body like the ECW guys are. ECW guys do, and he's a wrestling god, and then the crowd, they're just letting him have it this whole entire time, and nobody on this ECW roster will ever make it up to his level, and the only reason this pay-per-view succeeds is that JBL's there. He'd rather take off his hat, and then RVD's music hits, and RVD had just got knee surgery not too long ago, and Bill Alfonso accompanies him to the ring. JBL is not happy. Happy. His mic star stops working. How convenient. And then RVD cuts a promo, and he says, "This you have no nothing to do with this, so you can take pretty much no credit." Oh, he's trying to. He says they are sucking up all the credit that they have nothing to do with, and it's going to be one of the biggest pay-per-views of the re, of the year. And and that they're tired of JBL and his likeness shoved down their throats every time they watch wrestling. Tonight, what we give fans what they want, and that's ECW. And RVD lets them know that they deserve zero. The guys up there, up in the balcony, deserve zero credit. And the fans will let you know. No one's writing his script. He's straight shooting from the heart. And RVD actually gets to use his vocabulary, unlike what he does in WWE, using the words such as just cool. Well, the two words he uses as cool and dude. And he's he's reminiscing on the days where ECW utilized his abilities and he made sure that everyone left the show happy and as long as he got a chance to do that and do his part, that's all that mattered because he's the whole effing show. Mr. Pay-Per-View, Mr. Monday Night, Rob Van Dam. And then RVD gets Alfonso to uh, spill out some facts. He almost held that, like he held his, like he held his title, the TV title for nearly two years and how RVD gave Vince the idea to do the show and they just need one night. And he said he was gonna be it was gonna be huge. And he says this is worse than missing WrestleMania. It's worse than missing Booker T's wrestle uh, uh, wedding, worse than missing overseas tours, but yeah, more importantly, worse than even missing WrestleMania. He would do he would get his redemption the next year when he won the WWE championship at ECW One Night Stand 2006, cashing in his money in the bank. And then RVD says he is ECW, but then Rhino shows up and gores RVD, attacks the surgically repaired knee of RVD. The lights go out, lights turn back on. Oh boy, it's Sabu, the suicidal, homicidal, genocidal one. Sabu and then Sabu and RV, Rhino, Sabu and Rhino, 
They have a match after that, and this is Spot Fest. This is a hardcore sprint. Lots of weapon shots throughout this match. RVD gets involved late. He throws a chair at Rhino's face, and then he limps into a Van Daminator into the corner on Rhino. Fonzie gets a table set up, and RVD helps him helps him out a little bit. RVD puts Rhino face first on it, and then Sabu hits the leg drop with the chair, and that's it. In just a little over six minutes, I think, about six minutes and... 30 seconds, actually. Sabu gets the win after the Arabian Face Buster, Arabian Skull Crusher, Joey Styles calls it, uh, putting Rhino through the table. Fun hardcore sprint here with two ECW legends going at it. I'm going to give it a B. After that, we get Al Snow with Head backstage. He and Head have a disagreement, and then we transition into some more ECW highlights from the past. And then we get Raw showing up to find their seats. And boy, it's Raw and SmackDown, both at ECW One Night Stand 2005. After that, it's Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero, two of WWE's best in-ring performers going at it. These guys beat the living crap out of one another. These guys hit each other as hard as possible with chops, punches, suplexes, the whole shebang here. The way this match ends is three German suplexes from Benoit. Benoit hits his flying headbutt and gets a long two count. Eddie counters a German into a roll-up, and then they kind of botch a punch transition into the crippler crossface. Benoit still gets it, though, and Eddie taps without much of a fight. And Eddie just sits there for about 20 seconds before he taps out at a little over 10 minutes and 30 seconds. And then they look at each other post-match. I thought this was pretty good. Pretty good. The ending was just a little bit off. And like I said, the, these two beat the living crap out of one another. And these guys have wrestled each other a bit, wrestled each other a million times before this. And I thought this was probably the best match of the night up until this point. But... It wouldn't last for very long. But before I get to the next match, Gertner continues his promo from earlier that got cut off. Joel Gertner asks uh, a question on behalf of all ECW fans and all ECW wrestlers. He asks for a job. Then Bischoff spits his beer out and says, hell no, to Gertner. And you would never want to see any of these fans at Raw because they are garbage. Bischoff throws his beer at Gertner and says he sucks and ECW sucks. After that, it's the match of the night. Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka. And boy, these guys went at it. Chair shots, table spots. You got everything here. It's a spot fest, but a wonderful spot fest that is a car crash. Why wonderful and beautiful car crash. About as beautiful as a car crash as you can get, and probably about as good under 10-minute match as you can you'll ever see. It's a, a very, very good under 10-minute match from Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka. Tanaka, oh my gosh. If they 
knew what they knew about CTE now, these chair shots would not be happening because these are a lot. There are a lot of unprotected sh- chair shots in this match. But Tanaka, he's just eating them like a champ and hulking up. But man, this was a fun match. Mike Awesome showing off his athleticism throughout this match. The match ends after Tanaka kicks out again after an awesome bomb. Uh, The crowd's giving him a standing O and an ECW chant. Awesome sets up a table on the outside, goes for an awesome bomb on the outside. He hits it. He puts Tanaka through the table, but then the icing on the cake, icing on top of the cake, is Awesome launching himself onto Tanaka and getting the pinfall outside of the ring. This was a super fun hardcore match. Definitely would not fly today at all with the all the unprotected chair shots and what we know about concussions and CTE. But this was a ton of fun, and I loved it. Best thing on the show, bar none. Definitely go and check this one out if you're into hardcore wrestling. What a fight. What a hardcore match between Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka. I'm going to give it an A. Best thing on the show by a mile. And everything on the show is pretty solid, but this is best thing on the show by a mile, in my opinion. And then we get Heyman out to cut a promo. He bashes the WWE guys, including Edge, and he's got two words for Edge, Matt freaking Hardy. It's actually three, but you got to give Paulie a pass there. And he bashes JBL, and he says the only reason you were a WWE champ, JBL, is that Triple H didn't want to work on Tuesdays. And that's one of those like jokes where you pretty much want to just drop the mic after that. It's awesome. And we get the entrances for the main event. The main event, the Dudley Boys versus Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman in a tornado tag team match. And Sandman gives uh, JBL a gesture that is very inappropriate. And he's stroking his Singapore cane at JBL. And he wants... And he and Dreamer are telling JBL to bring it. And this match coming up, blood and guts. It, you got it all here. Table spots, weapon shots. You've got a lot of weapon shots during this. You see Devon with a chair wedge between his legs get hit with a sign. One of those uh, metal signs. Metal sign shots. A cheese grater gets involved in this match. Tommy Dreamer gets a cheese grater to the head. A lot of involvement. Actually, before the match even started, we had the BWO out beating up on Dreamer and Sandman. Making the save was Kid Cash. He botched it a little bit. And eventually, we got to the match with all the violence that I previously mentioned. The Cheese Raider was used on Tommy Dreamer's head. Beulah McGillicuddy gets involved during this. Actually, Francine kicks Dreamer in the nuts, but Beulah gets involved in cat fights with Francine. And actually hit France, not Francine, but Beulah and Tommy after they embrace in the middle of the ring. Tommy Dreamer gushing blood. Uh, they both DDT. They both hit DDTs on both uh, Bubba and Devon. And this is a lot of stuff. Cre- impact players show up. Uh, Credible hits a 
Tombstone on Sandman, on a barbed wire sphere. Yeah, this is a lot of interference and stuff goes on during this match, but still, it's it's ECW, it's chaos. It's what they're known for. Uh, Late in the match, it's Bubba getting the table, double-team powerbombing Sandman through a table for a near fall. Dreamer, he gets weapon shots in on both Bubba and Devon, but then Devon counters into an Irish whip, hits the Dudley death drop, the 3D on Dreamer, and then we get Spike Dudley coming to the ring as Bubba gets another table set up, and they drench that thing in lighter fluid. They got enough lighter fluid to burn New York down. Devon lights it. Bubba and Devon powerbomb Dreamer through the flaming table. Holy bleep chance. Bubba covers, and it is mercifully over in just under 11 minutes. I liked how they played the hits here, and this was just a ton of fun. Lots of interference, but really, a fun nostalgia trip for everybody. Ultra-violent, super bloody, but a lot of fun. This wasn't meant for storytelling, but man... I enjoyed this one. I enjoyed it. B-plus grade for the main event of ECW One Night Stand. But this isn't over. Sandman is caning everybody in order to save Beulah because Beulah is going to get attacked by the Dudleys post-match. Sandman checks on Dreamer and he says, Somebody get me a beer! And guess who comes out? ECW alum Stone Cold Steve Austin, but more known as Steve Austin, and his uh, brief time with ECW. And he tells Sandman he needs a whole case of beer. And then he wants everyone from the back to come to the ring so they can have a beer bash. And then he, Austin, instigates the fight between ECW and the WWE roster. And this is infamously known as the time where JBL, JBL just shoot beats the living crap out of the Blue Meanie. I wish I would have got the background on that before talking to you guys about it here. I might talk about it to you at another time. But yeah, JBL beats the living crap out of Blue Meanie. Blue Meanie is busted open as this uh, melee is going on. ECW actually gets kicked off with Taz meeting Kurt Angle in the middle of the ring, getting revenge from the Royal Rumble 2000 if you look at it. In that way, he ta- he puts the Taz mission on Angle ringside and he's he goes to sleep. And then ECW clears the ring and Bischoff's on commentary during this. Joey Styles is ticked off. And then they get Mick Foley to escort Bischoff down to the ring. And we get a 3D from the Dudleys. We get a flying headbutt from Benoit and then a 619 from Rey Mysterio. And... Austin interviews Bischoff after it, wanting to know his thoughts on the evening, and Bischoff says, F-E-C-W, and then Austin hits a stunner on him. Dudley's escort Bischoff out of the building, and then they have a beer bash to close out the show. The final visual we get is Sandman and Austin at the top of the ramp, Austin raising Sandman's hand. And that's it for the show. That's it for ECW One Night Stand. I'm going to give this a B grade. Pretty good reunion show here. Everything was solid. The main event was bloody and violent as it should have been. Eddie and Benoit was fun. 
hard-hitting match from arguably the two best in-ring and technical wrestlers in the world at the time. Sabu and Rhino, that was a fun sprint. But really, like I said, the match of the show, the match of the night, Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka. Go out of your way if you don't watch any other wrestling this week. If you don't watch any other wrestling this week, I'm mumbling all over my words, stumbling all over them. But if you don't go out and watch any other wrestling this week, check out this match from ECW One Night Stand 2005. Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka. These two beat the crap out of one another. And this was one hell of a spot fest. Everything else on the show was solid. And with the success of this one, this show, they decided to bring it back again the next year. But it was a lot more of a lot more WWE guys on this show instead of the ECW guy, the previous ECW guys, but they were getting ready to relaunch ECW for a Tuesday night TV show on sci-fi. But still, this show, fun. Definitely recommend to go and check this one out. It gets a B grade from me. And just to give you a little aftermath of a couple of things from the show, notable things that happened like right after the show in the months following Rhino, he would go on to sign with TNA and and debut in July. Just a few months later in October, he would win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship from Jeff Jarrett at Bound for Glory, the first Bound for Glory pay-per-view for TNA. The Dudleys would follow suit, sign a deal with TNA in September, and Sabu, he would also return to TNA in July and stay there for about a year year or so before returning, actually not before returning, but before signing a one-year deal with WWE. And that's it. That's it for my ECW One Night Stand 2005 pay-per-view review. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you look forward to the next few episodes of the show. Plenty of content coming to you here in June. The Backlash pay-per-view coming up this uh, the pay-per-view coming up this Sunday. The review dropping on Monday. And then next week, it's Slammiversary, TNA Slammiversary 2010. My review for that will be up next Friday and the Friday following that. Vengeance uh, 2005. I'll have my review up for that the following Friday. But in the meantime, follow me on Twitter at SigDaddyWrestle and on Facebook at SigDaddyWrestle. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and plenty other podcasting platforms, including Google Podcasts. And make sure to give me a five-star review if you like the show on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, though, this is Sig Daddy signing off, thanking you all for listening, and so long, everybody.